Alrighty, folks. Unfortunately, uh, we can't get Alan back at the moment. Um, we'll try and grab him another week uh, as we talk. We were talking some NHL playoffs. Uh, right now, though, I do have Brandon Schultz joining me in studio, and so uh, we will start with him uh, again. Like I said, we'll talk more NHL playoffs at another date. But again, uh, Brandon joining us. Brandon, uh, great to have you on the program, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Big news today for Seahawks fan all, breathing a sigh of relief. Yeah, for sure. Well, actually, I should probably turn on your mic. Let me just go ahead and do that. Now go ahead. Hey, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Brandon, let's start with this because yesterday we knew the April 15th deadline. Yeah. And... I you know I was waiting for the news all day and you were confident. I got to give you credit. You were confident. I texted you yesterday to come on the show today and uh, you you know I asked you, hey, can, can you come on? And yeah, and he's like, yeah, sure. Well, you know, we'll talk about uh, Russell Wilson signing a new contract. Yeah, and, let's see what the text was exactly. Yeah, you said, can I get you on tomorrow to discuss the Russell Wilson situation with the Seahawks? And I said, sure, we can talk about his new contract tomorrow. Yeah. And this was uh, yesterday at ten o'clock. So yeah, in the morning, I, it, right? <laughs> yeah. This is, this wasn't and, even in the evening. No, because and I don't even know when the deal got done. Because when did it get announced? Like two thirty this morning, or like four? I, Russell Wilson posted from Instagram from bed. Uh, I think it maybe two thirty our our time here. It, yeah. was, it was early in the morning. I had gone to bed. I, I give it up. I said I'm not going to stay up. I'll find out in the morning because it was last time back in 2015 where uh, Russell Wilson he again he set a deadline and it was supposed to be at midnight. And the word really didn't start to get out until around six in the morning. I said, well, shoot, I'm not staying up all night for that. I'll wake up in the morning and figure out what, what happened. Well, and we do have we do have uh, his announcement on Instagram. We heard earlier on the show to start things off. But again, just like a boss move, in my opinion, by Russell Wilson. I mean, just, just hear this. Hey, Seattle, we got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Go Hawks. I'm gonna see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Finally, we can go to sleep. <laughs> see y'all in the morning. See, my first thought as a dad hearing that, well, and seeing the video, <laughs> was that who sleeps in that much neck jewelry? Like, are, right? Is that is that normal? Or that seems like a hazard. <laughs> I was about to say, I would that. never allow my child to sleep in that much neck jewelry. No, I, well, I wouldn't want to sleep in that much neck jewelry. I mean, you wake up, it's you, it's going to be twisted. You might break it. You could snap it off. I mean, it gets all kind of twisted. You never oh, know. I, I, I've fallen asleep just with headphones on in bed, yeah. and, and that's caused problems. So I, I wouldn't want to go there. No, exactly. On top of that, I, I, again, though, I, I don't even know. I tried doing that, that deep, low voice that Russell had. I can't tell if that was put on or real. Well... I think about the way I feel getting woken up in the middle of the night with with a kid. And if he had gone to sleep and just got a call from his agent saying that the deal got done, then I, I definitely I, I don't think that was part of I don't think that was a show. You don't? Because I'll tell you what, I, if I'm the if I'm Russell Wilson, I'd be like I think I could tell my agent, hey, call me at six AM if we did get a deal done. I don't want to find out don't at two thirty in the middle of the night. Yeah, I don't, don't know. Wake me in the middle if, of the night. if I knew I was getting sixty five million dollars guaranteed like I was getting cut a check as soon as I signed my deal for sixty five million. You can call me any time. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is true. Again, sixty five million dollars signing bonus, so seventy five million dollars 
over the course of the next three, one hundred forty million over the course of the next. It was a four-year, one hundred forty million extension. So he's he was set to make a base salary of seventeen uh, for twenty nineteen, and now this is a four-year extension, one hundred forty million. So an average of thirty-five million per. So the sixty-five million was just the, was literally just the bonus. So that technically, was the signing bonus. So technically, he made two hundred and five million dollars in this contract. Oh no no no! Sixty-five million of the one hundred and forty is is the signing point. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay, yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, <laughs> wow, okay, you were doing math, so that you were you were talking about the difference. Okay, got it. <laughs> yes, uh, but either way, a great on Russell here. But at first, I mean, I had to ask you, man, going through this, uh, did you were you worried at all? Concerned at all? I. <sighs> There was a lot of, and Adam and I talked about it on the Field Goals podcast today that, that just went out. There was so much in the media that you know we went through that it was hard. It was difficult to tell what was you know, posturing from one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And it just felt to me so much like that 2015 time where there was just a flurry of information that came together. And that's why I was so confident yesterday when I talked to you. And I, I texted a few other people, too, with that same kind of confidence that it all felt like it was coming together, like each side was putting out its best argument to the media. Oh, well, maybe Russell will leave. And Russell's like, well, maybe I'll play for the Giants. Or it, it, There was just so much stuff out there that it felt like each, yeah, each side was, was posturing to its best effort to try and get its best deal on either side with the idea that, okay, this is the deadline. It's going to happen. And as we saw the last time in 2015, when he set a deadline, it happened. Do you think that, because a lot of people seem to think today that the Seahawks just broke the bank because they knew that they had to do it. Do you think this deal was in the works or do you think this was a last minute midnight deal? I think there was compromise on both sides. I, I think they had to come together. I don't know if, I can't really say the Seahawks broke the bank though, because this was a four-year extension and not a three-year extension. I think that extra year, that definitely benefits the Seahawks. We see right, even with Russell Wilson signing a three-year extension at the end of his rookie deal, mm-hmm. that allowed him to hit the market earlier, which was you know going into the final year of his contract right now. And we see with that $17 million base salary, that, that seems like you, we see backup quarterbacks signing for $18 million in their first year. So, I, or not backup quarterbacks necessarily, but guys who were backups right. who are you know getting an opportunity to start, yeah, you know, like Mike Lennon. Yes, absolutely, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right. Uh, no, I, I, the, the, fair enough, fair enough. I just I look at this and and I was curious because I'm just sitting here and I, and I was working out at like ten or eleven. I'm just like, this time is uh, we we have we haven't heard anything, and I was starting to get worried because and I think too, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think Russell was maybe it was both? Russell and Sierra said, yeah, yeah, use me. Use me as a pawn. Use me. Yeah, I want to go to New York and, and do something as, a, as potential leverage. I, or did you even buy that Sierra story at all? I, I didn't buy it as something that I didn't think would happen. Because the Seahawks still had so many years of franchise tagging. Yeah, you know, the, the earliest he was going to be able to go anyway was you know next year they'd use the franchise they'd use the franchise tag after that and then you know maybe they used it again the, the the third time too even though it it seems cost prohibitive now but who knows what the the entire salary cap looks like three years down the road from now and that's another reason why this deal yes it seems large now but 
you know, with all the different revenue streams coming into the NFL and the way the salary cap increases in a couple of years, it's going to look pretty average, I think. Well, we've, we, we continue to see the guys that just keep continuing to drop the list because at one point, you know, Stafford was the highest paid. Yeah. Then I think it was somebody pointed out that 20, just 22 months ago that uh, Carr was getting 25 million. And that seemed like a lot. Carr? Yeah, David Carr. Or Derek Carr. Derek Carr. The, the other, other one. I was about the to say, car. the other car. Um, I always screw it up. Yeah, I was about to no. say, I, which one? Well, yeah, well, they both seem to be taking a beating. doesn't matter where <laughs> they went. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, no, I would agree with that. I mean, you think about it. Every single year we see somebody new. We see Aaron Rodgers get his deal. I'm very curious now if he's going to you know, be that jerk that we apparently, <laughs> if you read the Bleacher Report, he is. And, and maybe de- demand, oh, I want to be the highest played player again. Sure. You know, like he did last year. Because we saw Matt Ryan, Stafford, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo somehow uh, got in there. And then who else was there? Uh, Ryan. And there's another guy that's in there ahead of Ryan at the moment that's not Rodgers. I think there's another guy, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Well, you got the Vikings quarterback. Oh, Cousins. He's yeah, the Cousins. one below Ryan. That's right, because okay. Cousins is making $28 million per yeah. year right now. But, uh, you know, we'll see. But, again, the quarterback market just shifts continuously. Yeah. And whoever's next is going to be the highest-paid guy. Now, is Jameis Winston going to be the guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're funny. I know. That was, you're, you're, you're cruel. I couldn't even get it all the way out of my mouth <laughs> I was before about to say, I left. <laughs> you're a cruel man, Brandon. You're a cruel man. Um, with, with that being said, though, you, I mean, Russell Wilson's going to stay here. Uh, he's going to be with the Seattle Seahawks. Did you uh, with, And with that... How much does this hurt you guys with the salary cap? Does it hurt you with the salary cap? Salary cap. Well, it's it's still a certain percentage. I was looking at salary cap percentages for all the teams, looking at the amount of money each team pays their quarterback. And prior to the Seahawks deal, the the Detroit Lions were number one in the amount of the the percentage of the salary cap. Now, if you looked at total amount, the New England Patriots were actually the number one team paying the quarterback position, it was uh, just over $30 million for their three quarterbacks on the roster. Oh, okay. And so out of all the teams in the NFL, they're paying more two quarterbacks than any other team in the NFL. Which is interesting considering. Well, considering the narrative around that Tom Brady always takes less, right? Now they do have Brian Hoyer on the roster. He's making a couple, you know, a few million. But I think Tom is, uh, in terms of his salary cap Number the cap hit for Brady this year, it's twenty seven million. So that's still only three and a half of their other three quarterbacks that gets them to that amount. Now, is anybody going to tell the Patriots that they aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year because they're paying their quarterback position too much money? Probably not. <laughs> I feel yeah, like based on their history, they're doing all right. Yeah, but are you at all concerned because you're paying Russell Wilson so much money? Because we've seen quarterbacks name, you know, we just look at last year. You look at Stafford missed the playoffs, Ryan missed the playoffs, Rodgers missed the playoffs. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you guys will miss because I think you guys had a very, you guys were a year ahead of where I think people had you. Uh, but are you at all concerned because you are going to be spending that much money, which means less money for other good players being on the roster? You do wonder with Bobby Wagner going in the final hit year of his deal. Uh, Frank Clark on the franchise tag. You got Jaron Reed on the uh, the last year of his rookie deal. You know, a pass rusher, an interior pass rusher, and a, a really good run stopper. Are they going to be able to keep all those guys? I I think that they might be able to. I do. If I were going to question maybe one of those picks and considering the strength of the draft, you know, with it being a lot of guys, uh, pass rushers and defensive linemen, you know, do you consider trading? A guy like Frank Clark, who's on the franchise tag, you know, similar to how the Chiefs traded D Ford 
to the 49ers. You know, do you do they look at something like that with having only four picks going into this year's draft? I, I think that, and we saw a rumor, you know, that there was you know, some rumblings about the potential for Frank Clark being traded. That's something that's kind of on my radar, but I uh, I think that they have the potential to be able to do it. It just means that they have to make decisions in other places. You know, Doug Baldwin getting toward the final couple of years of his contract. Would they be able? You know, he and he may even be close to retirement. KJ Wright, you know, a pretty big number. Dwayne Brown uh, under contract for two or three more years at the left tackle spot, but I wouldn't expect him to go that much beyond that, considering his age. So there would be some other places and Jermaine Effetti, another guy, a young guy on the final year of his rookie deal. You know, they're going to have to make a decision whether or not to pay their fifth year option on Jermaine Effetti and make him, you know, a $10 million offer for next season. That's probably something that would be out. Fair enough. Uh, what, what will, and again, I think that the Seahawks will make the postseason more times than not as long as he's healthy. If he's unhealthy, Russell Wilson's healthy. Yeah. gives you an excellent chance to be in the playoffs. Right. And I, I think that this narrative around, um, you know, quarter a quarterback earning a percentage of the cap, not being able to win the Super Bowl, is a little bit overblown because yeah, okay, Nick Foles has won it. You know, the, all the all the years that Tom Brady's won it, not being the top paid guy, but you know, Drew Brees, if he gets into the Super Bowl, either of the last two years, those were two fluky plays that kept Drew Brees out of going to Super Bowls the last couple True. of years. He's one of the top paid guys. It wasn't the amount of money that Drew Brees was making that kept the Saints out of the Super Bowl. No. No, and well, and what I want to ask though is that with, with Russell Wilson, what's the expectation now that he is this making making this money? I mean, there is going to be some expectation for him that he to justify this amount of money that he's going to get paid. So is it simply just making the playoffs, getting back to a Super Bowl? What uh, for you? What is the expectation now that he has this money with this uh, with this ability? Because not a lot of people think. Yeah, and and I agree, he's a top five guy. At the very least, a top ten if you want to get into arguing about it. But I think he's a top five quarterback in the league right now. Well, there's been some. I've heard discussions saying, "Do you have to change your offense now that Russell Wilson is getting paid you know, this type of money?" And I don't think so at all. I why think would you, you? you? Why would right? If what you're doing is winning games and go, taking you to the playoffs, I don't think you need a change. Now, you might need to change how you operate in that first round of the playoffs against Dallas. <laughs> I know a lot of us. We we look back and say, "Hey, make some adjustments based on what you were doing in the first half." You know, that's uh, that's how you could change things if you know just how you operate. But the biggest thing that needs to change is you guys need to get draft picks <laughs> on more bases because. I mean, I think when you do this, you have to balance it because it's kind of similar to what the Rams are doing right yeah. now with Goff, you know, where you're, you're paying all these high-profile players that's not playing the quarterback position because your quarterback's on a rookie deal. Yeah. Now the reverse has to happen. Now you need now the draft becomes even more important. It is. And uh, you have to make sure that the guys you get are good, even playing well in their rookie years, so that way you, I don't want to say take advantage, but essentially uh, you need them playing well so that way it keeps you competitive because that way you're, you're driving down your cost because you're not going to be able to keep everybody if you're paying your quarterback that much money. And that's just, that's just the, ba- the, the nature of the beast. And a perfect example of that is the New Orleans Saints, a team that paid their quarterback a lot of money and they knocked it out of the park a couple years ago in the draft. Yeah. And that's what's allowed them to be so competitive in that in in the South. I I hate I know I have to bring it up in front of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, man. I mean, if if I was looking at the NFC playoff picture right now, and it was kind of funny because I'm looking at okay, Super Bowl wise, what's the path 
for the Seahawks because obviously you guys are playoff teams, but you do have to contend with the Rams. Sure. The Packers, ugh, man, it's 50-50. They could be good or they could be but bad. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be healthy or is he not going to be healthy? Is he going to be a jerk or is he not going to be a jerk? That's ultimately <laughs> another question. Um, the Bears are improved, but I still think you can get by the Bears. Uh, the offense still doesn't – Trubisky doesn't scare me yet. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, the time the time is on the clock for the Saints. Like I think, you know, one more year for the Saints, and that's all they've got with Drew Brees. Uh, so that's going to be difficult. The East is going to be more challenging. The Cowboys are going to get better. The Eagles are going to be better. The Falcons are going to be a contender, I think, again next year. Uh, this, the NFC is going to be very tough. Not that the AFC is any easier with the Patriots, but uh, it's going to be difficult to one just get back to the Super Bowl, which is obviously your the Seahawks' goal. Yeah, you have to find those areas where you can be at a competitive advantage, and drafting better than other teams is one good way to do that. Getting undrafted guys is is a good way to do that. You know, guys that contribute that uh that you, you know, if you're not able to draft them, they've they've brought in guys. I mean, Doug Baldwin, undrafted guy, just last year Puna Ford, you know, as a guy who I think is going to make a jump in this next year. You know, Jermaine Curse was a guy who they got undrafted. So they've been able to find some of these guys who are undrafted players that have come in to com- contribute and that can make a big difference too. We're talking with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers podcast as we were breaking down Russell Wilson's new contract, which was announced 2.30 in the morning last night and with a deep voice from Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> just playing that slow jazz. Uh, Brandon is going to continue to join me. We're going to talk some NFL draft for the Seahawks. We'll do that next. Red chicks, black chicks, green chicks, blue chicks, yellow chicks, brown chicks, orange chicks. You pick the chicks. The layers are here, and they're ready to go home to roost. Whether you're new to chicks or a chick Hefner, Come see the good old boys at North Valley Ag. There'll be new chicks each week through May. North Valley Ag, just before Costless Carpet on Highway 2. This is Mike. And I'm Liddell. And, and we're, we're the, the good old boys at North Valley Ag Center. Come and see us one mile south of the Blue Moon. Welcome back to the Knock On Sports. And joining me still in studio is we joke, uh, Brandon Schultz. We were both trying to imitate uh, Russell Wilson's voice. I still haven't been able to nail it. No, I, I'm working on it. How, how much have you practiced? I've actually practiced a little bit today. I, I, I can kind of get low. <laughs> I don't know if, my, if I get too low, it starts cracking. <laughs> I don't think I can. I don't think I can do the the Russell Wilson bass. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. We we won't we won't we won't ask you to do the whole okay. quote. Um, <laughs> with the NFL draft coming up, man. Listen, as a Seahawks fan, you got to be you got to be laughing this up. The Arizona Cardinals don't know, don't know what to do with that number one overall. It pick, feels man. that way, doesn't it? They don't know what they're going to do. I am fascinated by. I where are you at? And as far as the percentage goes, that they take Kyler Murray with the first pick overall. Well, I really thought it was all smokescreen because I just don't think Kyler Murray's worth the first pick, but maybe I'm injecting my own bias here uh-huh. into this. Uh, but I really thought up until I saw this report earlier today that said they don't know what to do with the first pick, I'm like, I wouldn't take Kyler Murray. I, I didn't think they would. I mean, I thought, you know, they, they have Josh Rosen. Why would you bail on him in year one or after year one uh, with Cliff Kingsbury? But now I seem to think more and more, I'm like, oh, they are seriously considering it. Well, see, my opinion's a little bit different because I, I don't think as highly of Josh Rosen as I do Kyler Murray. I think if you have that opportunity to take the best quarterback available, I think you do it. But also my opinion is I don't think that Arizona knows enough about what they're doing to go ahead and make that decision. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what it's going to be. I, I feel like they should do that, and that's why I also feel like they won't do that. <laughs> Either way, Arizona is just going to be funny to watch next Thursday when we yeah. get to the NFL draft. 
Well, know? it's disappointing because even if they screw it up, then the San Francisco 49ers are right behind them to, to take whoever they feel is the best player. If you had the Seahawks had the the, the uh, number two overall pick, say they were watching Arizona ahead of them to screw this up, yeah, who would you take? I'd take Nick Bosa at at second overall, okay. or Quinn and Williams. I, either one of those guys, I feel like you're getting pretty solid player. We're in getting into the draft now with the Seahawks. I mean, uh, they don't have a first round pick. I can't remember. Do they? They do. Yeah, they do. Twenty uh, first like, overall. So it's the first, they the second round. They yeah, do. they yeah. So they have first, third, fourth, and fifth. Okay. And so with that being said, obviously, they, I think we know where, where this is going to go. A trade down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because I think they do need. There are, there's a lot of really good defensive players. And again, I know this is a defensive loaded draft, so you probably can still find value. But it just sinks because you've got so many good players that we don't know who's going to fall. There's always a couple that do end up falling. There are, but I also think that when you talk about the defensive line talent in this draft, I think most of the guys that are the, the really big strength of the defensive line talent are probably going to be gone by the middle of the first round. And and so then I think you're looking at another tier back for your defensive lineman. And I see a lot of talent at wide receiver. I see a lot of talent at uh, defensive back, You know, whether it's a, a safety kind of nickel type player and and i think for seattle to trade back into the early second round and potentially pick up another third round pick while they do that i think they're kind of trading into the strength of the draft for their particular needs and i see that as as being wide receiver i see that as being defensive back and i see it being defensive line so if they can trade out of the number 21 spot have three of those picks and get three players in the second and third rounds at those positions I feel like they they've done pretty well in the draft. Where who are, are there guys that you have on your list that you want to see Seahawks? Oh yeah, yeah, I got it. All. I, my biggest draft crush is because I always end up having a draft crush on a wide receiver is uh, Debo Samuel, a wide receiver from South Carolina. I, okay, I would, I would like to see him as a Seahawk. I was about to say Debo Samuel. I can't say that I've heard of him, but from South Carolina, what do you like about him? Well, he's I, I, the Seahawks. They need a receiver. They also need, I feel like, uh, somebody in special teams. Tyler Lockett has been an outstanding player in special teams for years, for four years now. He's going into his fifth year, though. And if you look look historically at the top Seahawks players on special teams. About three or four years, four years tops is where you tend to see them drop off, move on to the next younger guy. And I feel somebody like Samuel could be the guy who comes in and takes over that role until he's able to uh, be a contributor at wide receiver. Because you never see those guys at wide receiver really contribute in those first, second years. It's kind of those third and fourth years where you start to see them develop into an LFL player. With that being said, Brandon, we got a few more minutes here. The schedule comes out tomorrow night, and the, which is which is this kind of this kind of annoyed me. I saw the the announcement that the schedule was being released. I'm like, then why didn't you just announce tomorrow that you're going to announce you were going to make the schedule available at 8 p.m. You you kept it a secret up until this point. Why announce today that tomorrow you're going to release I it? It kind of annoyed here. me. I, I, don't, I don't Why can't that. they set a date for it? Just set a date for me that I know when I can look forward to the, uh, the schedule. NFL schedules everything in the off season. I know. I, I know when rookie you know teams that fired their coaches are going to report for practice in April. Yeah. I just don't know when the schedule's going to be released. I, I knew they were practicing two weeks ago. I know that. I know when those dates are going to yeah. happen, but now I can't know when the schedule's yeah, going to be Because they, they set out that date back in January. Right. <laughs> so with that being said, over-under, I'll say four. Over-under four, you guys get how many primetime games? Four is a good number. Um, I'll take I'll take the over on that. Over? Okay. Yeah, I think 
especially divisional games between San Francisco and Los Angeles. I think there's got to be a couple there. And uh, the Browns would be an excellent primetime game <laughs> where that wouldn't have been in the past. Um, who else would be kind of among those those top teams that you could see? I'm looking at it right now. You've got, uh, well, Tampa Bay, you're not going to get a primetime <laughs> game. You guys are we're not worthy. Um, Atlanta, I could see. Yeah. Primetime. I could see Pittsburgh. I could see Philly. Uh, those are games on the road for you guys. Really, uh, for sure, yeah. Uh, I could see you guys are going to have New Orleans at home. That could be a prime time. Oh, yeah. New Orleans. Uh, Minnesota will be on there. Okay, well, we, we've easily found five. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm just sitting here. Five just, candidates. Uh, but So, okay, with that being said, Monday Night Football. Uh, you guys usually at least get one or two. Yeah. Uh, do you think you get one or you get two this year? Um, let's go with two. Too? Yeah. And okay. Because then, then you, that gives you the Thursday. Well, the, everybody gets a Thursday night prime time, right? So two no, Monday, they changed that. Two they changed that. They don't. Not everybody gets a Thursday night oh, game okay. anymore. I don't think Tampa Bay. I don't, I'm pretty sure Tampa Bay didn't play a Thursday night game last year. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um. With that being said, uh, week one. Who do you think is your most likely opponent? Week one. Is it oh. going to be a division guy, divisional team, out of division? You start interleague. I, I like that New Orleans. I like opening up against New Orleans at home. Either New Orleans or or the Rams. Really? Yeah. Start the Rams off to open up the season. Oh, I yeah. wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want you know. No, no. I would think you guys would want the Rams starting like off three. at home with a win. Well, no. I want to do, like. I don't like the fact that the division games are that could potentially you can open up with a divisional opponent. Yeah. It's like you have you know we we already know and see the division games every single year as fans. I want to see something a little different to start the season. Okay, I'm going to see plenty of this team in a couple of weeks. I want to open up with a division opponent. I hate when they do that. You've got other teams here that you can pick up. You got Cleveland, Philly, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Minnesota, New Orleans, Cincy, Baltimore, uh and Tampa Bay to open up a week one. Let let's see something different cuz we're going to see plenty of division games because yeah. uh, they make up half the schedule. Well, I do think it's going to be a home game to open up because just the way, you know, a lot of people have looked at it and said, well, based on what the Mariners are doing with their schedule and uh that the actual opening weekend for the NFL lines up well for the Seahawks to have an opening week game. So I, I am looking at the the home games, and New Orleans seems to be one of the top ones for me. Um, would they go Tampa? I I agree with you in the division rivals that aren't as good. Like I wouldn't want to start off the season against Arizona. That's not an exciting game to start off the season. It's a win. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I want it to be kind of a fun game, though. <laughs> Although Arizona is always, you know, that could be the one that could screw us up because Arizona is always screwing up the Seahawks. Well, uh, you get rid of Arizona year. at home because what? In the last two years, you guys had you've had Arizona at home late. Yeah, and, and they've always all, been a problem. They've been a problem. But there you go. You can open up the open up the season, and yeah, maybe, maybe they won't be there. Maybe they won't be a problem. Maybe that's true. <laughs> maybe I'm rooting for that now. Brandon Schultz joining me here from the Seahawkers Podcast. Brandon, if they want to follow you guys, how can they do it? Yeah, check us out, SeahawkersPodcast.com. We're also podcasting with Field Goals, FieldGoals.com, and check out our latest show there as Adam and I break down the Russell Wilson contract and uh, talk about some of the, the craziest, wacky takes that we heard leading up to the, uh, the, the signing. 
All right. Those are some interesting ones. I have a feeling my buddy, not my buddy, like I, like I know him, uh, somebody that I do like to listen to on occasion, Colin Coward. I feel like Colin is probably up there. Well, he, I didn't have the actual quote, but he did kick things off with the, the fact that he, you know, saying that Sierra wants Russell to move to New York. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of what kicked all these bad takes off, but it did culminate in uh, the Andy Benoit with MMQB saying that he would take Jacoby Brissett over Russell Wilson. Wow. Factoring in price, if that, <laughs> that's makes, a, that's a, that, if that makes a difference. I think what's a, what's a Twitter account? <laughs> Freezing cold or cold takes or something? Yeah, yeah. Something <laughs> like that. That's that's that's, that's one of be the worst there. takes I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That one, jeez, <laughs> wow. Uh, Brandon, always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk to you next week with the NFL draft and with the schedule review. Sounds good, man.